These are regular children that aren't like related to everyone else in their household. Wait, no, normal kids. I mean, are... the fact that they're not chain smoking by the fact by the time they're like twelve. Like... What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I tried that... to. I got that. I got that very wrong. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Kieran Verbruge. Hello. And Nathan Hennessy. And welcome back. Welcome back. We had a week off last week, so thank you for uh, finding something else to do with your time. Uh, we apologize, but we're back and recharged. Why actually did we have a week off oh yeah because i wanted to just play didn't want to do it that's right i want i wanted to play get G- gtfo my webcam's kind of cooked um how are we all top notch you're right tip top my man how are you you're already already looking very blue there that's it it is it's actually a little bit uh probably needs a wash a bit zesty it is in these Hot days of winter of nine degrees. Fuck, my webcam's cool. Tell me, you're one of those folks that walks through the front door after a hard day at work straight into the pyjamas? Hell no. Straight into the, no? Straight into the shower, man. Okay, fair. Yeah, I skipped a step. Yeah. Then we're in the PJs. I want to stink up the, uh, you know, the nighttime attire. Not very very sensible. It is. Yeah, Peter Alexander fella. <laughs> Sometimes, most of the time, yeah. Yeah, nice, trendy. Though I don't sleep in them, though. Only, only you know, it's only for looks, not for purpose, kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Treat that hallway like a catwalk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I got a. Speaking of that, I got a story that has nothing to do with it. But um, so remember, I think I might have told you on the podcast that. Uh, one of our magpies has like flown the nest, so the mm, parents have yes. booted it out. The other we the twins the the twins have now vanished. Well, not vanished, but um, you know they've not come in like a week now. Or uh, so last weekend, me and Anna we decided to go for. All, so actually, a few weeks ago, I went I went went for a walk in the park. This is right when the uh, the bird had like taken off. I'm like I, I swear that that's the bird in the park. Anyway, so went for, went for a walk on the weekend, and uh, yeah, we found the twins and the uh, and the other bird that had departed the territory. So, nice. and it um, came uh, like running up to us, kind of thing. Um, so I had to walk back. I had, I had to run back home and get some food and get some porterhouse. <laughs> put in the uh, put in the little Maggie powder and. Yeah, we had uh, we had these three birds like all around us and stuff, and people were kind of giving us weird looks, being like these fucking weirdos. But <laughs> no, it was nice. It was good. Um, yeah, it's it's good that they're you know having a good life. Isn't that a sweet tale to start off the podcast? It is. I'm happy. It was like it was it actually almost made uh, made the weekend. So it was very very nice. It, it it was more that like they definitely recognised us, which was the best bit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Anyway, what's been going on? How's your week off? Definitely uh, not as exciting as yours. That, I've got nothing to come close to that story, man. I mean, that wasn't really like... <laughs> wasn't like, so super exciting, more touching. But, You're uh, reunited with your oh, birds, mate. I don't know. That's pretty big. That's it, mate. It is. I think it's big. Well, thank you. Can someone talk while I fix my webcam? He, he's picking <laughs> the magpie. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Is that better? I, it was fine. I, no, I don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah, I didn't have enough chest in it. For the, for the people <laughs> listening out there, Zach is gest- gesturing towards his bosom. Yeah, give the people what they want, but they can't see. Yeah. All right. Uh, gesturing toward my PlayStation, if you, if you would. All right. So mate. that's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to do another live stream podcast for the people, mate. I will. I will. Show them what they're missing. All right. So past couple of weeks, what have we all been playing? I know there's a couple things to talk about. Uh, nothing too major. Only probably the big thing is probably a preview rather than a review, but. We'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, apart from content, what have you been playing for, for pleasure? Adam, kick us Adam. off. I've been doing the old scroll through the PlayStation Plus catalogue and downloading random games to play with friends, um, which has brought us through to everybody's golf to get around a bit of that because we have actually never played it as a group and it's a great deal of fun and the servers are being shut off in oh, September. Yes. So you've got to kind of get around no. while you can. Yeah. Yeah. So getting <sighs> getting on that probably a bit too late, unfortunately, but going to have some fun with it while we can. Um, also played some, what on earth is it called? For the King, which is like a, a cooperative. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a digital board game, I suppose, with a lot of dice rolling yeah. and whatnot. And that was excellent, excellent fun. Uh, and I was happy to see that it was just kind of a, a one run and done situation where we kind of got to a, a fight that was way too hard for us. We all died multiple times and then it was just like, cool, well, come back to this and have another run, run at it when, when you like. So I think that'll be good for just kind of a, we don't know what to play. So we're just going to jump into that for a, an hour or so. So had a really, really good time with that. Um, Outside of a game that we'll talk about shortly, I've also decided to jump back into Resogun because I think that game is absolute class. Uh, and turns yeah. out I can't play that anywhere near as well as I could, you know, way back when it actually came out. I've lost all of the skill that I had with that game, but I plan on bringing myself back up to the the standard that I was at because oh, it's such a good time. I still have a, a great deal of fun with it, but I'm just terribly shit at it now. So no, um, no pledges. No, nah, mate, I'm fucked. I was just thinking last night, he hasn't touched Bloodborne yet, and mid-July, the clock's ticking. No, nah, I, I am completely done. I'm going to play, what, what was it, what did, what was I given? I didn't, I was one of like the, the only people that didn't get Balan. Oh, I've got uh, Sanity of Morris, fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, not keen nice. on that but probably worse mate yeah absolutely mate, play the order. Worse. it's like five hours didn't you hear I did, I did I've heard I've heard multiple reports of that tonight that it's five hours and some change but yeah I'll get around to it nice Nathan what have you been playing so on the back of Adam's Outriders 
World Slayer review. I've decided to jump into Outriders and played through the base campaign for the first time. Uh, it's okay. It's, uh, it's, 8.5, it's okay. Right? I Yeah, I was going to say, is it an 8.5? <laughs> I'm, you poor soul. Yeah, look, 8.5 is not something that I... That's, hmm, no. Um, but, yeah, uh-huh. so I've played through the live service games of, like, The Division, Division 2, Destiny, and then you get this where it's... it's it has to be a smaller team, smaller budget, so it's not really playing in the same sandpit. And it's like it's the you could tell it's the Gears of War Judgment, folks, because it plays very much like a Gears of War game with some superpowers thrown in. But my oh my, as much as it's like very serviceable and reliably fun, it's in its second year still quite a buggy experience. I've had it within I think every within every one to two hours, I would have to hard restart the game. Because either the NPCs wouldn't spawn, I'd be locked into a zone, I would be glitched into the environment, my weapons wouldn't fire. Like, it it plays like a rough beta for me, and I'm assuming most people aren't having that experience, because I can't seem to find those opinions online as prevalently, but um, absolutely shocking stability to it. Like, I've just had issue after issue after issue, which has extended the playtime significantly because I've had to replay through fights numerous times and shit like that just because it would be woefully performing. So, eh, I'm glad I didn't have to review it because I wouldn't have have been so ambitious to give it an 8.5 like Mr. Adam over here. That's (laughs) some dickhead. Sky high score. But but no, look, as I say, reliably enjoyable, just not great. So I'm still still having a little tinker with it here and there. But, um, yeah, yeah. Could do worse, could do better. Nice. Uh, anything else or just that being taking your time? Pretty much just that. I mean, that's w- one thing I will say to the strength of that game is it has a meaty campaign. I think it took me maybe 30, 35 hours to get through that base game. And for a live service game, that's pretty considerable. Like a Destiny 2 campaign or whatever would be struggling to be like more than 10 hours, 15 hours tops. So, you know, good value for money in that regard. Nice. KV? My man, what have you been playing? Uh, other than, I guess, review stuff, not much aside from a bunch of Fall Guys. Nice. Yeah, been uh, which I've been, yeah, I've been, I don't know, it's something, something sparked in me um, after they did the whole free-to-play refresh. Um, and I've just been, yeah, well into it. I think I've almost maxed out the Battle Pass or the whatever they call the their version of a Battle Pass. Um so yeah, I don't know. Do you have like a cool skin? I, I'm surprised by the skins I've seen on there lately. Yeah, I don't really have like a. I'm just my guy's just like little pink guy with glasses and a and a froggy bag. Because I swear I saw like a I swear I saw a clank skin. Yeah, there's a clank skin. I've got like I've got a a whole heap of like really really cool skins, but I um I like my I like my fit the way it is. Just collect things and never wear them. Nice. Yeah, that's 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 me so far. Cool. What about you, Zach? Uh, what have you been right. up to this week, mate? Well, I've got something that'll make you smile, good sir. Hmm. Uh, so, I have been playing a lot more Resident Evil 2. Uh, still mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. really enjoying that. Don't know why, but I've also gone back to uh, more Broken Sword. So, I'm playing them through that again. Um so that, that's also good. A bit like Adam could be playing uh, the pledges or the punishments, but choosing to you know, to, to draw it out as, as as long as possible. That's before the way. going. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to make that. Um, but I did actually forget. So Nathan, you've played 
broken sword, correct? Actually, Kieran, as, you, as a wee lad, yeah, certainly did. Kieran, you've played it too. Yeah. So I actually forgot. Uh, I went into the hotel scene, uh, and yep. when you retrieve the um, the the manuscript, spoilers. Sorry for for people who haven't played it in you know, in thirty years. But um, so it's like one to two hours in, though, isn't it? It's something like that, yeah. Um, it's not far, yeah. But I actually forgot that you die if you don't drop it out, out the window. And because it's not a, it's not a, it's not a checkpoint game, oh, I got very, I got far, I got, I had played for probably maybe like 45 minutes, um, realized, well, and then obviously I died because I completely forgot to drop it out the window. I was just, you know, trying to get through it i didn't I could, I, my memory has completely yeah. blanked the fact that there was death states in that yeah well so it's the it's the it's the italian guy out the front or the italian and the yeah the, the other guy they basically they search you when you leave the building and yeah they find the manuscript and then they throw you off the bridge with the fishes traumatic rough so i've been playing that um and to give the the still series uh, a bit of a 3D audio experience. I played Returnal. I started playing Returnal. Hey, hey. my man. Oh, shit. Mm. Didn't rate it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Mm. No, nah, I'm just kidding. No, nah, it was good. Um, I actually really, really quite like the setting too. I think I think that's uh, very cool. Hard for, for me, for someone who was purely playing to just get the audio experience and not really focusing on what was going on. Um, Hard for you is different. For than most people though, mate. Hard, need... hard for you is what, like two inches. <laughs> I was gonna say I've uh, never needed to, to uh, call Nathan in yet, but um, <laughs> I didn't even say anything. Get fucked. You didn't have to. You didn't have to, mate. Finish your. Finish your. <laughs> was it finish the order? Like like we said, and that joke goes. Was it was it the order? Uh, finish uh, journey journey to a savage planet. To it. Oh, um, but yeah, no, it was quite good. <laughs> Quite good. Uh, did yeah, enjoyed it. So um, so did the this is the Arctis Nova Pro. Is, the, is that right? The wireless, yeah. Does, and and this has does it have like a a game preset setting for return? No. So it just picks up that your um, so when you're plugged into the PlayStation with the little DAC, which yep. is probably uh, so I'm ninety five percent written through written my review at the moment. So I might talk about it next week in in depth when I've just ironed a few things out, but the DAC uh, plugs into the USB port of your console and then that picks up, that's the the wireless connection. Uh, but then when you have that plugged in, it actually, uh, is it the game or the system? I think it might've been the game. The game automatically de- detected that I had 3D headphones or maybe it was, yep. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was the system or the game, but both pretty much. Um, yeah. So I didn't have to do anything and, yeah, I could definitely hear it more than what I could when I was playing RE2, but I think it's maybe a little bit more. As the I think the sound design is a bit different in that. Yeah, like they're both apps, apps right. like very, but um, RE is more. Oh, sorry, uh, Return was a bit more. I don't know how to what like full on, I guess, or there was more going on, whereas mm. RE2 is a bit more subtle and it's it's like quiet, and then you know there's like creaks and shit rather than whatever the fuck was going on in the background. Um, yeah. But no, it was good. It was good. Good what I played and, and it sounded quite good. And then I also played, oh yeah, sorry, the game that Adam is going to talk about. So 
Have you been able to give GTFO a spin? Oh, yeah, the... sorry, sorry. Pro? Thank you for a nice little nudge there. But we also played GTFO, which we said uh, right at the very start. Um, and I did that to test out the spatial uh, sound setting of uh, the Arctic, which is through the Sonar software. Um, and that was that was really cool. Again, a little, a little bit like RE in the sense that there's not a lot going on in the background. It's more just the, you know, those subtle atmospheric sounds that you, that you can hear. But, yeah, no, I... So with the sonar software, with that the spatial settings, uh, there's you can tune it to how you would prefer. So I think there's a, a performance. Uh, I can't remember the actual words, but it's like performance and immersion. So the more you pull the the slider or you drag the slider to to immersion, it's more suited to like your single player games and stuff like that. Uh, or you go in the other the opposite direction. I think it says like Fortnite and stuff like that, or like first person shooters and stuff is more performance. Um, and I definitely played around with, and you can actually uh, you can choose uh, like the size of the room. So I did play around with that quite a bit as well um, in GTFO, and I had it in maybe like forty percent of the way in, um, and that and that was quite a good quite a good setup. Like things felt like loud but not like painful. Like they were just just made you like kind of a bit, bit more jacked up with that game. But that game jacks me up anyway. So, uh, yeah, what a good so time. no, it was good. It was good fun uh, and sounds quite good. So I need uh, one or two more games to kind of, to, to really give it uh, to finish the verdict. But I mean, the sound is amazing on everything that I've played and, and heard, but we'll talk about that next week. Adam, talk to us about Madison. Cause I have some thoughts to share. I just can't wait to hear what you have to say because we differ on the game that it's very (laughs) similar to. So, yes, Madison is a first-person psychological horror game very very much in the same vein as P.T. Um, Zach, I don't know if you've heard of P.T. It was a a Kojima game that was was playable teaser for Silent Hills. Is that one you're familiar with, mate? Uh, It is. It is. Yeah, good. Anyway, moving on. so yeah, you play I as that, uh, I do. <laughs> you, play, you play as a, a a teenage boy called Luca, who in typical horror game fashion wakes up with a whole lot of blood all over him in a spooky house, getting yelled at by someone. It's kind of your your typical setup, but you you make your way through what turns out to be your grandfather's house uh, that is all kinds of spooky with way too many candles. Again, as per horror games. Uh, and you find an instant camera, which is kind of the, the, the mechanic that you'll be using throughout the game to solve puzzles. Um, so you can take photos and it'll uncover unseen supernatural things throughout the house, or you can use it to um, unlock doors and stuff like that, I suppose. Um, the puzzles, which make up kind of the, the bulk of the game, some are really clever and decent, um, that kind of you have to uncover the unseen or there's a, a really cool puzzle where you're in a you're locked in a church and you're moving between three different time periods by taking uh, a photo of a plaque that says like 1951 1987 and then 2022 and that will shift you between the, the three different time periods um, so there are there are puzzles that are, are clever like that and utilize the the camera really well but then there are other puzzles that are really tedious. So it's one of those games where you can kind of pull out all the drawers, open all of the the doors and kind of shuffle through the house as much as you like, but that makes it really easy to miss 
small items, small key items. Um, and it doesn't give you a super clear direction. Like it'll give you a, a picture of a certain door and that kind of gives you a clue to, to go to that door, but it doesn't really tell you what the puzzle on the other side of the door is going to entail. So you kind of have to piece that together yourself. So it's already kind of irritating in that way with certain puzzles. Um, but the real irritation that I have is that there's an inventory limit for absolutely no reason. Like inventory management and horror games mix together really well, but in survival horror games where it has, like it ramps up the tension. Do I leave this ammo in favor of that ammo or am I going to need this key or whatever? Luca can only hold eight items at once. Um, that's including three items that you can't actually remove from your inventory. So realistically, you have five item slots uh, and you don't really ever know when you're going to need these key items. Like you get a hammer very early on and you use it twice and you'd be remiss to think that's probably the only time you'll actually use those. No, nope. right towards the end, you're going to need it again. And if you don't have it on you, you can be fucking ages away on the other side of the house and you'll have to run in air quotes or very slowly shuffle back to the, the safe where you put all of your items, have to grab it back out and backtrack all the way back. So whatever horror and fear you're experiencing just kind of goes out the window because you're having to do a lot of backtracking and it's it seems in a like in its base sense a way to artificially lengthen the experience the game's like five to six hours long um but i think you could probably knock it over in three hours if there wasn't so much tedious backtracking um so that's a bit uh, unfortunate i would say yes nathan so, yeah, you, you make that brilliant point about the survival horror and inventory management. So I take from what you're saying, there's no, there's nothing really in the way of combat or, or like survival mechanics. This is just an arbitrary thing that's just tacked on. Yeah, it's very much there like... Is, there is... It's not combat, but there's one sequence. Nothing that has anything to do with inventory, though. I know the one you're talking no. about. And it's, yeah. there's not combat in the traditional sense, but there's a way to defend yourself. Um, but yeah. it has to do with something that won't have any effect onto your, your inventory whatsoever. Um, so yeah, the mm. inventory system is... was shocking. Like genuinely, I don't, I think it, it's the biggest detractor, yeah. at least for me that the game has. Um, the only way because... I think that that works is if the game gives you cues that you don't need this item anymore. Exactly. Which is what Resident Evil did. Correct. So it, exactly you, right. like, you, you don't need this key anymore. There's a little symbol here. Fuck it off. Um, stop. I think the... It. With this one, you don't... Like, you just don't know. Like, it, and it's it's not... It's not that bad. Like, because the, the problem is, like, like, looking back on it, having finished it, because I've also finished the game, looking back on it, you go, okay, there were times where I never really needed more than eight things in my inventory but you don't know that until like you never really like it's not sort of yeah so you might go into a certain area and you go right, i might drop this and this to free up room to maybe collect this and this but then you don't collect this and this so you could have gone with the other items anyway yeah i think but regardless like it, it it doesn't need to be in there no, nah, I think the biggest fear is self-doubt. Oh, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. I think the, the most egregious part of it was that there were a number of items that you don't need until very late in the game, but they seemed 
important enough where I always wanted to keep them on me, just like as Zach was saying, just in case I would need them. And it ended up that I didn't, not only did I not need those items towards the end, but I could have stored them and where you actually use them was only a stone's throw from where the safe is. So it just made it even more annoying to know that I could have just been like, oh wait, hold on a second, let me just grab that. All right, I'm back, here I am. So yeah, that's all kinds of frustrating. As far as like the the scares go, because obviously that's important, it is a horror game, it's it's pretty tense, particularly early on. Um, like they do a good job with like flickering lights and like ambient noise to, to kind of put you on edge. But the game is definitely at its scariest before the threat is actually there. Like once you have, because there are wandering enemies that can kill you, once they're out and about and you understand how they interact with you, it's less engaging. But when there's the the threat of violence, it's actually a bit more tense. I don't know, Zach, if you actually found it to be I that disagree. Scary. I think I think uh, I don't want to say anything too much because what I would say is probably a spoiler, maybe. But the the game is very much about jump scares. Yeah, so, pretty well. Um, I feel like that's more the horror element, and it does them okay sometimes. There's actually one really cool uh, part that I shouldn't tell you this, but Anna actually had like a nightmare about this game uh, after we played <laughs> it. But, um, there was a thing with like a statue that moves around the house, like basically follows uh, yeah. you around the house. Um, yeah, that, that um, gave her a little bit, little bit of a nightmare. Um, that shit like, creeps like, me know, out. Stuff like that is like pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing that kills it though is that there's a couple parts probably towards the back half of the game where it's almost like you walk a certain area or you do some, uh, like you walk down a certain way. So I see, you know, the, the best way to explain this is how it happens. So you go up and down an elevator, right? Yep. To go these different levels of this, of this area. Every time you go up and down the, ele- the elevator, it triggers a, a jump scare. So, you <laughs> know, it's coming. So, by like, so by the third time, you know that it's coming, right? So, um, no. and there's another, there's another, area like that where you're walking back and th- back through the house to for who for you know whatever reason and it happens pretty much every time you're in one of the hallways so i think yeah if they spread it out a bit better it, i think it's because yeah. then it's like happens once happens twice so you think it's going to happen a third time but then it doesn't so you go okay fuck but you know but it does so you're like okay here it comes and then by the fourth time, you're like, okay, this is getting this is getting a bit old. Um, for me, it was like the repetitiveness. I, f- I found the game quite repetitive, and that's a, I think it was a bit like the padding, like just backtracking sort of stuff, um, like repetitive in the sense of like those jump scares. Um, yeah, and I just I didn't really like it. If you if you can tell, I thought it was it was fine, um, but PT sucks. And this has a little bit of PT about it in its puzzle elements. Just, I feel like it's, some stuff is just luck. Um, there's no real... So puzzles for me are about having a, somewhat of an indication on how to solve it. Like the game should give you tools on how to solve one of the puzzles. It shouldn't just be going around fucking looking through every single drawer to find this item or to go around and... So right at the very end, one of the last puzzles is very much luck. So 
you you kind of get a feel for whether you're doing something right or wrong towards the end. Um, it's to do with the gramophones. Oh yeah, that bit's shit. It's dreadful. Yeah. So it's a shit puzzle, but again, you like you don't really know until yeah, it's like it, it's it's luck. You just left to tinker with things until yeah, to, the script yeah. trips. Yeah, and you go for so like much, yeah. there are some. So there's some cool puzzles. Like there's a puzzle. It's like it's pretty basic, but it's like uh, one with some portraits and, and some paintings. And there's some um, like like that one's quite cool and quite clever. And there's one with like uh, like medallions. Like like they're all pretty well explained and they're not too hard. The hardest part is actually finding most of the items. Um, but yeah, I found that when the game because there were times where I got stuck. Like and we actually twice. Not that I'm not, I didn't really want to, but uh, Anna, Anna was getting bored. So we used the walkthrough like, just a couple of times more to just get like a little bit of a nudge in like the right direction. Um, because there were, there were just a couple of times in that game where you got real stuck. The game hadn't like, I was trying, I tried everything and Adam will know there's a, it's one of, it's one of the very first things that you find. And it's a, it's a lock. It's a, it's a lock on a door um, and you can spend fucking ages on this lock. I spent, what did I say, like 30, 20 to 30 minutes on this lock, trying any, every combination that I could, could not get it to open. Turns out you don't actually have to open that lock until a bit later in, in the game. So Yeah, the house um, has you know, a, whole, a whole bunch yeah. of the, the puzzles already sitting there waiting to be completed, but it doesn't really let you know as to which ones are going to be pertinent then and there and which ones are going to come into thing come into the account way later in the game, which is fine in one sense but then when the yeah when you don't know what the the puzzle is actually pertaining to you kind of look for answers everywhere when there's only one specific thing that you have to and can actually do so yeah the puzzles can be well and truly frustrating but i will say that they they are fairly varied like they don't play the same trick over and over they do try to mix things up really well so in that sense, that's it. Like it, it's got good variation, um, but yeah, just some of them are a real pain. All right, we'll um, yeah, we'll wrap it up. But I think like atmosphere is is really good. I thought I thought the atmosphere was yep agreed pretty good. Like it was pretty spooky, pretty creepy. I thought I thought, I thought the house was fucking massive. Um, for a grandpa who uh, lived in that house, the house had a had a lot of rooms. Um, puzzle design, yeah, mixed. Some some hit the dartboard, some hit the fucking wall behind it and fell off. Um, it was fine. For me, it was a five, but I'm not the official reviewer. So, Adam, what are you uh, giving it? I, I liked it a bit more than you did. I'm sitting on around a six. Hmm. I also, it's Something worth it. noting, um, it's, it's probably worth waiting until it's on sale because the game is $50. Is it really? Yep. And can you give me an indication of how long you would spend to roll credits on that? About five oh, to six. Well, casual which, setting. Well, the, funny thing, yeah. the funny thing about that, the credits yeah. don't even roll. The game the ends and oh, it okay. gives you a black screen for about oh. three minutes and then it flicks you back I'm, to the menu. I can't believe we didn't even fucking talk about this, but the ending fucking blows. Nah, I thought the ending's, Adam, the Adam ending's, didn't mind it. I like the ending. Um, no, I don't like it. I don't. Hang on. <laughs> I don't not like the ending. I, but I don't like the ending. 
Oh yeah, old mate with old Clear mate. Clear as mouth, no mate. Worries. So, um, but yeah, about five to six was hours. Quite, the ending was quite cool, but then there's a little thing that happens at the end of the ending, and then you get the black screen of credits, and I was like, "Did the game just fucking freeze? I don't know. Is there more to it? I'm not too I sure." I feel like if the credits played, it would be a little more. Turns out there's not decisive. So I was expecting something else, something more, and I got. So I was yeah. And that was Madison. Fifty dollars get fucked, I say. Yeah. Jesus. Mad our son. Yeah. Well, there's actually yeah. Yeah. I think they've done that on purpose, but yeah. They have. Yeah. Trying to be very clever. Kieran, you gonna go and play it? I uh, nah. Don't do it. Sounds like something a Bloober fan would be yeah, doing. Yeah, you like Labour <laughs> Fear, so... That sounds like the Bloober formula down to a pat. Well, no, like, um, because they're saying... Orchestrated scares Blue- where you just trip them up every time. Bloober doesn't put shit puzzles in their games. They just take out the puzzles and you walk forward for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. The biggest yeah. killer <laughs> Checks of those out. games is like the shit like you just... The, where there's no direction, so you're fucking around for 20, 40 minutes trying to get back on track and mm. like blueber no, like, blueber you no, walk forward no, like i'm talking oh, like okay. those kind of survival uh like the yeah. horror games like that so like with the lock puzzle yeah. for like for example like you know it was yeah like it was just right right at the start so it's building quite nicely i'm going you know this this is quite cool it's pretty spooky environments of grim and you know dark as fuck hey this puzzle i'm stuck on it 40 minutes later uh, now it's just a bit of a drag anyway Karen, hello. You've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Have I? Yeah, I've only uh, I've only lost fifty hours of my life to that so far. Um, that sounds great. Yeah, we. Uh, I would have spoken about this uh, last week, I guess, if we had have convened last week. Um, so this is going to be, I guess, a little bit of a, a dated preview because there's a lot that I've done that I can't talk about uh, yet. So I just, but, just, I mean, the preview is up on the website if you, if you the, do want to go the, and read it. The preview is up on the website. But the, the gist of, I guess, what I said in those those early hours was that uh, as far as, like, the onboarding experience goes, um, this is probably the most uh, accessible, I want to say, Xenoblade Chronicles game so far. I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the word accessible because it's not, like, you know, there's much effort made to make it playable for, for people outside of its target audience, but... It's just like it's the easiest sort of experience that I've had so far, like slipping into a new one of these titles. Um, can, can I jump yeah, in? Yeah, absolutely. And say can. that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had one of the worst exactly. onboarding experiences. So that's what makes, that's what makes this, this important. Is high praise. <laughs> that's exactly why I wanted to bring it up. Um, yeah, it's, that's glowing. It's like, like I'm not going to lie, the first 10 hours of this game is a tutorial, um, but it's the best 10 hour tutorial that I've ever played. Um, it's just like, yeah, uh, they just, JRPG things, JRPG things, (laughs) (laughs) they just, um, they spend so much time really setting up, uh, you know, the main cast of characters and really setting up your expectations of how things are going to play out and giving every new kind of mechanic and every new like narrative idea, like plenty of time to breathe before it starts introducing the next one. Um, it, it, like I, I, there's something about it. Like they've just turned something in, you know, that could easily be incredibly tedious into something super compelling. 
Um, so my initial, like, I guess, like first 10 hour impressions of that game were super, super positive. Obviously, I can't talk about anything beyond those yet. But um, yeah, it's it's if you're a fan, you're going to love it. And if you're new to the series, I reckon it's probably the best jumping in point so far. Um, the the story, you know, the narrative, which is um, obviously kind of a fresh, fresh, fresh world and a fresh cast of characters as per usual um, is is very cool. You're essentially uh, dropped into this world that's in this constant turmoil between these two nations that fight each other for a resource, and that resource is human life force. So the more soldiers of the op- opposing nation that you kill, the more life force you get, and the more you know energy you have, the more food you have, everything. So they're kind of locked in this this constant state, um, and you know it starts off feeling very much like you know a commentary on like the economy of war and stuff, but then quickly sort of reveals itself to be more about uh, mortality than anything. And these characters experiencing, um, you know, mortality in such a different way because everyone in this world has a 10-year lifespan. They're, like, kind of created as almost fully formed adults and then they fight for 10 years. And then if they're lucky, they they get to that 10th year and they get to die in a ceremony. Um, so it's a very kind of, yeah, interesting sort of look at yeah people people facing their own mortality head on amid this like backdrop of of war and stuff it's very very cool um and then it gets even cooler but again i can't say much more uh but if you yeah if you're a fan of the xenoblade games or jrpgs or just you know really big cool open world games it's definitely one to keep an eye on when's it come out again it comes out on the 29th of July, so okay. still a few weeks before it's out. Yeah, nice. And how, I don't know if, I don't know if you're even allowed to answer this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. How, so you've put in 50 hours, how many hours do you think it's going to be? I'm not allowed to talk about yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> but let's, if, you've, yeah, if you've played as in it, like, there's not a single one of these games in this franchise that runs, like, south of 60 hours. So He's right. yeah, yeah. that's what you can expect, like... 60 to, you know, 200. I don't know. Man, you've got me excited <laughs> now. Where am I going to find the time? Right. Oh. Stop nice. playing okay, we... Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I've been up to the expansion, so how many hours do I have left? Like five? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Very, very nice. Uh, cool. So, previews up on the website. Adam, your preview... Yeah. Sorry, your review will be... Uh, there soon. It'll be couple there by quick, the time this goes live, yeah. Couple of quick shout outs. Uh well she for me, shouts to me. Uh there's a couple of road reviews on the website um uh, for the uh NTH one hundred headphones, which are very, very good, and then the Rode Pod mic, which I'm using now. Uh the A one oh, uh audio interface and the PSA one mic arm, which I gotta say the mic arm is golden. Like, oh, you gotta have one. I know. Yeah, I thought I want one. when I was speaking with Kieran ages ago, I think we might have even talked about it on the potty. But he goes, "Oh, I go, what'd you buy?" And he so he showed me what he bought. So I bought some shitty one off Amazon for twenty bucks. She'll be right. How hard can it be to be in my calm? Turns out it can be quite hard. Um, that twenty one broke pretty much instantly. This one's just rock solid. It's like uh, it looks super sturdy, like a real thick well-constructed yeah and that's just like and someone i can't remember who it was on twitter but someone said something like they wrote something like 
they still it's like uh, like they can't justify the price of it but then you know years later it's still going strong or something like that and i think it would be you want one of your most hated like investments in terms of how boring and whatnot it is but you would never complain about how great it is like i think for yeah. years it would just yeah it's one of those things that you go fuck i spent 150 dollars on a mic arm but you know five eight years later you're like this is still the tits uh adam did you say that you bought one no i i plan to oh, when the sorry. tax man yeah do it all right i'll uh i'll have a word with him nathan now you reviewed the stardew valley board game did we talk about it on the potty before i can't remember maybe that you no, played no it. we haven't the the article's only been up on the site for just shy of a week no, i know that but did you have you spoke about haven't you played it previously we spoke about it or not or did i make i've that mentioned that yeah yeah yeah. when you asked me hey what have you played previously right, okay. i said yeah, yeah. The stardew valley took me like five hours to go through a session and i didn't love it i think that was about as much awesome. as i said give us the uh give us the more in-depth thoughts all right yep so the quick lowdown is stardew valley the board game a cooperative game of farming and friendship for one to four players is Visually, a very faithful adaptation of the farming simulator video game that's very popular by all means. Do we have anyone here that likes and has played Stardew Valley? I've dabbled in no. Stardew. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy was that, it. What was that, Kieran? No, Kieran was I star don't. Star haven't. You don't? No. Okay, yep. What, how, how would you describe playing, like, how, how would you describe your experience with Stardew, Adam? Like, what, what does it mean to you? What, what kind of game is it to one, you? One word. How do you feel playing it? Relaxed. Relaxing. Yeah? I, I don't think there's much jeopardy in a farming sim that you can create friendships and relationships in and just collect nice things and grow a crop. So, nice and relaxing, Nathan. That's what I would call my, my experience with Stardew exactly right i would say the same i think i even put in the review that i'd consider it a video something of a video game antidepressant but then you get the board game it's the antithesis of relaxing it's the most stressful probably hardest most challenging board game i have played to date that might sound a bit unusual but this is coming from the creator of the board games this is a bit unusual so i've played this with one player i've played this with two i've played this with three i've played this with four now, what happens is this game is going to require you over the course of 16 rounds to complete 10 objectives. Now, four of these objectives are just wishes that your grandfather who has left you the farm wants you to fulfill. This might be um, raising some animals on the farm, um, gathering a few different crops or something like that. And then you've got... If you played the video game, you know, one of the sort of driving objectives of the video game is to develop the community center, this sort of rundown building that you want to bring it back to life and in doing so will reinvigorate the community. To do this, you've often got to bring different kinds of resources to the community center. So there'll be a room that focuses on you bringing in fish, a room that focuses on you bringing in seasonal crops, a room for mining goods, I think, and so on and so forth. So that's the the curve of the game. You're going to do these 10 objectives, but the, there's a few wrinkles here, which is what makes it extraordinarily difficult. One of them is those six community objectives will be hidden. You need to first unlock them to find out what it is you need to be doing to secure them. 
which is a bit difficult in a game of 16 rounds where if you get to the end of these 16 rounds and you have not completed all 10 of these objectives, you get a howdy-do, fuck you, you've failed. There is no halfway point, there is no participation award. So what can happen here is you, you and your mates, uh, you've got two actions per turn, and these actions are usually just um, go to one part of the town, might be the mine, might be a lake to do some fishing, and then you can move to another part of the town adjacent and do another activity. You might go into town and buy some seeds for your farm. On paper, this all sounds really good. This is what you would expect to be doing in the video game. But what you're having to do to operate these actions for the most part, as I say, fishing, mining, whatever it may be, you're going to be rolling dice. Again, not a big deal. You're rolling two to three dice, depending on what it is. Um, I, I, don't, I typically enjoy that. The issue is, is these dice rolls are more often than not not going to give you what you want. Even worse, they're not going to give you anything. So you'll be me. I, I, just just a very quick anecdote here. I've spent an entire game where one of the objectives was to descend 12 levels of the mine. I won't go into what that means. It's too technical. But what that entailed was me every round going to a corner of the board. A beautifully displayed board, by the way. It completely evokes the top-down view of the valley, so it's very recognisable. But I would spend the entire 16 rounds of my game in the mine, rolling dice, trying to descend the mine, and oftentimes there will be no way to organically descend the mine. That won't make a lot of sense to you, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. You'll be rolling dice with nothing to show for it, and then the next round comes along, you're rolling dice, nothing to show for it, and you're doing this for 16 turns. You're doing this for potentially five hours because no matter every player in the game scales up the objective difficulty. If it's one player needs to provide two crops, two players will mean four, six will mean so on and so forth. So it's constantly scaling upwards. This is a game of efficiency. This is not a game of friendly farming. If you've got a friend that insists that they want to stick around in the farm and plant crops all day, they're going to cost you the game because that idiot needs to be out and about in the town making friends, meeting up with residents, giving them items so they can gain favour to complete objectives. There has to be a very planned out structure about how you go through your turns. So, in short... This is a, as I say, this is a, a kind of almost like an efficiency puzzle. You want your friends to be very much on board with meeting these objectives. There's no, uh, no way around that. So what do I say in short? Didn't love it at all. Probably the board game I've hated or, or liked the least in my couple of years of board gaming. Um, this won't appeal to Stardew Valley fans unless they're really, really wanting to be very patient, sort of stretch themselves thin and want to love it. And for them to want to love it, they'll probably have to house rule some of the rules because playing straight out of the rule book is far too cruel. So we don't rate it. Um, that's probably as much as I'll say on that because otherwise it, it turns into ranting. I'm quite bitter about the game, to be honest. Looks great. Plays like shit. That's really upsetting because I feel like in a board game adaptation, there were plenty of ways that they could have made or could have evoked the same sort of feeling that you would in the Stardew video game. So it's it's an unfortunate Absolutely. There's Look, you're right. The skeleton, the skeleton there is exactly what you'd want in terms of I can, I can farm, I can fish, I can mine, I can go to town and marry a resident. That's the skeleton of Stardew. That's great. 
But what's not great is, again, all this dice rolling is just fruitless. So, yeah, hours wasted. I also, yeah, I hate the idea of having to roll dice to get a success in a game that has a set amount of turns that you have to complete things by. And being that the the success rate for that roll is so small, it just, yeah, that sounds malicious just for the sake of it. Last comment, the later you get into the game, the game starts throwing curveballs at you so that you can do even less. Like you'll start drawing these tiles onto the board that says, you know how you get two actions, now you get one. You know how you got to roll three dice, now you can only roll one. So you're already halfway through the game, you're already sweating, thinking, fuck, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. And then the game goes, I'm just going to make sure you lose. So yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Your best laid strategies mean nothing. This is a game of randomness and you are beholden to it. Have fun. That's unfortunate. Alrighty, there we go. Uh, Kieran, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a flattering picture, but thank you for the support there. Um, for those who can't see, uh, Adam has screen capped a very nice picture of me Adam, <laughs> naughty. Uh, and Kieran has made it his background. So, Kieran, is there a, another game that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, there is, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it briefly. Um, I'm very entertained by my background, but um, I'll, uh, I'll try to compose myself. Uh, I <laughs> this week, I uh, played through uh, a very nice little game called uh, Queer Man Peering Into a Rockpool.jpg. What's he doing in that rock pool? Um, He's peering into it, uh, as yeah, it's 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 very easy to get the that and and the word peeing confused. But no, he's um he's just looking into those rock pools. He's not urinating into them. Um, it's a a little one and a half hour indie <laughs> narrative adventure, uh, by a Sydney uh, team called Fuzzy Ghost, um, which you sort of it's it's a very like lo-fi, very vaporwave kind of experiential indie game about a uh, little 50 year old queer Sydney man uh, stuck in a post-apocalyptic state where he, he lives on a, a little little island surrounded by water in his house and he picks up uh, digital junk that he turns into uh, household furnishings and kind of grows his little house in his island um, and you know it's I don't, it's, it's hard to say too much because it's very, very short and I'd be giving way too much away. Um, but it's, I think I'd describe it in, uh, when I was writing about it, uh, as, uh, Kath and Kim meets Adventure Time in that it's, it's full of, what? <laughs> it's full of very like camp, like Australianism, but also that kind of like existential, like, sh- like sort of sugar coated absurdity that is adventure time uh at the same time so it's um it's very cool it's very weird very gay uh it's definitely worth a playthrough if you've got you know a couple hours to spare on a on a on a weekend or a rainy night um but yeah very very cool nice and that comes out friday it'll be out by the time this it's out tomorrow in real time so it'll be out by the time this this goes out yeah nice Um, cool yeah check it out Cool, cool, cool. All right, so let's whip through some of the news headlines because we're going to go back a couple of weeks here maybe and just quickly, um, yeah, so uh, I'm just trying to read here what's the oldest. 
Uh, but it looks like so. Stray, the cat game that comes out in in, in about a week, that uh, knocked the day before off the top of Steam's most wishlisted game list or the chart. Uh, so day before has gone down to number two. Stray has gone to number one. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that stays <laughs> stays there uh, once Stray comes out. Very nice. Uh, Ubisoft announced the Division Resurgence, which is a mobile uh, game that they say is a canon opus uh, for the for the overall world. Um, it has a new in, a new and independent story set in a post-crisis New York City where players will experience unique perspectives of key stories from the mainline titles. You can play it in either solo or co-op. There wasn't any release information given in the press release I got, but apparently it's coming in 2023. Gameplay is dropping tomorrow. So I'm talking on a Wednesday night. Gameplay is dropping on Thursday morning, I think. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, so that'll be up. Anyone have any th- quick thoughts on this? Nah. Cool. No. <laughs> didn't didn't think so. Um, the quarry now has the, the quarry's multiplayer is now live. Uh, so if you guys want to, sorry, uh, online multiplayer is live. Cat's Cop was 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 available before. Adam, are we going to play through? Probably not. Yes. Uh, Let's do it. Okay, we are. Yeah. You'll, you'll yeah. kill all of my fucking counselors, but I'm down for it. Fuck, I will, mate. Let's do it. Let's kill them. The uh, multiplayer actually sounds really cool. Like the whole vote on major decisions as a as a party. I think that's a really cool concept for for those games. So sounds good. Uh, what's up there? What's up? What else was quick? Last of Us Part One's gone gold. Um, so that's that, that's that's nice. Uh, I'm sure it'll it's be decades nice old news, but whatever. What's that? Nothing. Oh, I missed it. Uh, the dev spoke about the cash grab, but I don't know. We didn't put that in our in our doco. But one of the one of the devs who worked on it said the game isn't a cash grab. Crash crash grab. Crash cash grab. grab. Uh, it's a it's one of the most what do you say most meticulously or the most meticulously built projects he's, he's they've um, worked on. Uh, it doesn't so, make it necessary, though, does it? It is, mate. We've already had this. Don't, don't <laughs> roll me up. Fuck the Last of Us. Yeah, fuck the Last of Us. You gotta tell Neil. <laughs> um, it was quick. For Spoken has been delayed again. This time until January four. That was announced a week and a bit bit ago. Karen, any thoughts? I know you are pretty keen. Uh still keen. Cool. Um, Wayward Strand has been delayed. That was meant to be coming out July 21, I think, from memory. It's now coming September 15. Um, the reasons for this delay is it's actually it's pretty cool. Basically, they don't want to crunch uh, and they want to make sure that the health and well-being of the team is all good. And this also gives them time to kind of uh, polish up the, the game a bit before launch. So that's very cool. And I think that's about it in terms of quick fire news pieces so oh sorry probably the last one which is a bit quick fire but uh the dark pictures anthology the devil in me has uh, got a story trailer uh which looks pretty cool anyone else watch that yeah adam's given the thumb uh the i did it looks it looks the goods it's it's got um hh holmes 
inspiration, which is kind of cool, and his his murder mansion. So, yeah, I think it's it's got a cool premise, and Supermassive do horror horror really well. So I'm keen. Speaking of Supermassive, did you see that they got acquired? I did see this. Yes, which is interesting. not by Microsoft. Really? No. They got so That's the company big. that uh, Nordisk. I think is what they're called. Uh, they bought. They had thirty. They owned thirty percent of them last year, or they bought thirty percent of them last year. Yeah. They are now. Uh, yeah, they fully acquired them. It's a Danish company, I think, or Swedish. Whatever. Uh, sure, they're not Norwegian. <laughs> are they? I don't know. It just Nordisk sounds like it'd be Norwegian, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Don't listen to me. You, uh, you find out and let me know, please. Now, now I want to know. Sure. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet was announced last night or the night before. Um, yep. Looks cute. Looks cute, Kieran. I know you're a Kirby stan. Yeah, I'm super... Well, it's like Kirby meets Fall Guys, so it's my Matchman two favourite things right now. Uh, yeah, that must absolutely. flick your bean, eh? It so. does. It's Danish, mate. You're on it. See, I, hey. know, my, uh, I know my Danes. My great Danes, mate. Uh, Roller Drome uh, is coming on August 29, and it's you can buy it for forty nine ninety five and twenty nine sixty seven. Uh, Adam, you want to give me some more context there? No, that's that's all the context. They announced the pricing. Um, if you play on Steam or you're a PlayStation Plus member, you get it for that twenty nine sixty seven price. Right, okay, cool. Um, and there's also a developer video that they released um, today, as of time of recording. Uh, the game looks fucking dope. I'm really keen to play it. Better than Roller Champions? Roller what? Yes, better than Roller Champions. <laughs> so another bit of news that uh, gets your rollers going is the rumors of a single-player Apex Legends game. Yes, yeah. Or, there's... or a single-player game in the Apex world or something. Yeah, so there's... Titanfall Legends. <sighs> it, made, it made the, the four people that are keen for titanfall 3 really sad to hear this but um there are a few different job listings right. mentioned heard a- that he would beat you up uh he, would. he can fucking catch me outside um there's mention of an apex He'd universe fps incubation title um and a few other job listings that mention a new single player adventure from respawn uh leading a lot of people to think that they are one in the same so not rock hard evidence by any means, but I also wouldn't be overly surprised um, to see that this was in the works because people are keen on more content for Apex that isn't just the BR or arenas. Um, so yeah, single player would be a natural fit, I think. Last one: a limited edition Splatoon three Switch OLED version was announced coming yeah, in August twenty six. The accessories uh, September uh, coming September. Yes, coming September 9, alongside the game's launch. Uh, yep. I haven't seen it, so can't comment. Looks like someone splooged on it's it. good. Yeah. Does it, it look like Jordan. my face in that, in that picture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't quite look that good, mate. Come on now. Pretty much how I feel about it. <laughs> yes, agreed. I think we need to get Ash to make that about one of the... Oh, fucking what, 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 for like, sure. We need that as an emoticon. In Slack. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Okay, so probably the biggest news. I think that's pretty much all the news, isn't it? 
apart from okay before we go into the into the big news which is pretty much old news but we'll talk about it very very briefly uh but ash has penned a little piece it's sort of half news half opinion uh or half feature uh it's the title of the article is there is a video game approved by doctors to treat uh, treat adhd um and ash sort of goes on and talks about his uh experience with adhd and so uh, i'm just trying to find what's probably the best bit to read out for you uh, so it's called um endeavorex endeavorex is that how you'd say that i guess so yeah i'd right, say so yeah. Uh, and it says Endeavorex is an ADHD treatment for kids aged 8 to 12. It's delivered through an immersive video game experience on mobile devices created by world-class neuroscience and award-winning game designers. It targets, uh, it targets areas of the brain that play a key role in attention function. As an FDA-authorized medical device, Endeavorex uh, must be prescribed by a healthcare professional. It is not intended as a standalone therapeutic, or, nor is it a substitute for your child's medication. This, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So if you want to read more about that, there's an article on the website. Uh, it's only available to the, uh, to people in the US though, which is a bit of a bummer. So hopefully it, uh, it expands soon. Okay, big news is that God of War Ragnarok has a release date. Yeah. November 9, and there's two collector's editions or is it just there one? There is. There's two. There's the collector's right. edition, and then there's the Jotnar edition. That's it. Tell me about it. What's uh, well, what's included? Uh, big old hammer. Uh, and fuck yeah. Uh, I think the the differences with the Jotnar one is like comes with a record, like a seven. Yeah, inch. it comes with a, a seven inch, which looks delicious. They usually do. So. So what's the main hound? So let me just get up the article as well. Sorry. So the like the main thing with the um, I guess the collector's edition. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So okay. So well, it's yeah. actually the same one, right? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. It's they're both the same. It's just the um the Yotna one comes with like a couple extra bits. Are you uh, surprised? It's not like a statue of like um. <sighs> On it, Kratos or a tray, uh, yeah, Trace. Honestly, like after the one that they did for um Forbidden West, which is like a very big, very cool Tremor Tusk statue, I I come like, a little bit like Hammer seems kind of like yeah, to be honest, like Mjol, like it's cool like having like a, a you know a replica of the in-game Mjolnir, but like a yeah a statue or like a seat like a diorama of some kind would have been mm. would have been very cool. Yeah, I feel like Hammer's, like, I see that and I go, gee, that's fucking boring. <laughs> Who would want that? Um, like, if it was a blaze of chaos, if it was, you know. I just feel like you'd want, like, a character or something. Just a hammer. Mate, we go have to Bunnings a character. Buy hammer. <laughs> <laughs> go to Bunnings. <laughs> just write God of War on a Sharpie, like, on the on the hill. Uh, we got the... Yeah, see, like, that... That should we got cool. the character, and we got Kratos and Atreus in the collector's yeah. edition. Yeah, all right. So like game. Thor, little yeah, so give, us, give us something else. Little Bishuji Thor. Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm looking at that. <laughs> Kieran, 
No, I think uh, the way that rubbing its little belly, <laughs> the way that they left 2018 God of War with the the tease for for Thor and showing off his big thick hammer, I'm I'm keen. Plus, I think the design of the hammer is really fucking. It's cool, very cool. So I really yeah. like it. Can, can you look? Use I'm going to be pre-ordering it, but yeah, it's a bottle opener, mate. See, they need they need to do more stuff like that. No, 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 no. Let's not fall back into them. Open my Jaratos or whatever they are. Jaratos. <laughs> Jesus. You know, you know what I'm genuinely like perplexed about the, this this trend in recent collector's editions though is that it comes with a steelbook case. Yeah. Uh, but you don't get a you don't get a physical copy of the game. You get a digital download code. So it's, it, yeah, it's weird. It's like. A like why why give us a steelbook case in the first place and B like a digital download code feels like a a bit a bit of a cheap out to be honest. I think I it's mind that it. I don't mind I the think... idea of a digital download code, but like I don't know, this is probably going to be like four hundred bucks, and mm. you're getting a case to put a disc in, and then you're not getting a disc. Like, I feel like and like I could be the only one here, and I don't do this, so this is not me. Like I don't really care, but I feel like a, a people. I know I care a little bit, but uh, some people OCD in the sense that they would much prefer to have like the white tipped uh, PlayStation Five case, not a random ass steelbook. Oh, the, I a hundred percent. If I was if I was putting it into my library, would rather a, a regular case. Yeah, so I guess I guess in that way, they're just giving you the case if you want to. Sorry, the steelbook. Sorry, to display it if you want or whatever. I think Wait, you're Adam discounting. I think you're discounting how much people fucking love steelbooks. Like having, having worked in the old EB games, I can tell you that people fucking froth steelbooks. Like they will, they will dive through like cases and cases and cases of like regular cases looking for a steelbook and will pay double the amount for it. Like it, they're, they're little mini collector's items on their own. So I think it's people getting the, the steelbook like art, I guess that they want while also not having to be bogged down by the physical media that people are kind of moving away from yeah. anyway. Um, so I suppose see it more as like, instead of coming with a, a poster or something like that, it's coming with the steelbook because that's what people want. That's what collectors are after. Not me. I just, I just I could give two shits. Yeah. I just feel like I would prefer if they lopped a hundred bucks off the price of the collector's edition and you buy the game the way you want to buy it. I, if I also, yeah, that's a better proposition. I also agree. If, like what they did with, um, uh, I mean, a few, a few different games have done it, but Red Dead Redemption 2 was a, a good example because they had like a yeah. collector's box that had just a whole bunch of random collector's item shit in it, but it didn't come with the game. If you didn't want it, don't worry about it. It's not going to, you know, lock away a bunch of cool stuff from the game. It's just added incentive if you're into that sort of thing so yeah i i agree i don't think collector's editions necessarily need to come with the game these days hypothetically let's say it doesn't but then you have to pay 125 dollars to doubt to buy to to buy it Mm. online so my question is do you think that by chucking in the game code in the collector's edition the game code value is less does that make sense? Uh, I don't, I don't 
Yeah, I don't like, think like, so. Like, if that collector's edition is three hundred ninety nine dollars, because you, what do you, yeah. is it is it four hundred bucks? Do you Nobody think that, that game code is making up one hundred twenty five dollars of that value in there of the shit? That, I think it's making up one hundred twenty five dollars of value that out of a total of probably like one hundred twenty six in terms of the cost of the actual fucking shit in there. Um, like I don't, I, I don't, I don't see the the actual items in that collector's edition. It, real world value meaning that they're cheaping out to give you the co- like they're they're losing money to give you the code they're definitely not so no I, I just i just more meant like do you think if you buy if you buy the game with the edition is the game marked down a bit i think that's more yeah, yeah i get what you mean i like yeah if you said it was 50 bucks cheaper without it i would be like i'll oh, just throw the game in yeah but because um, i'm just saying like if it's hard to so say yeah. if they marked it down to say 299 then you had to go pay 125 it's that i'd write that, yeah it feels See, I, I prefer the choice in that circumstance where it's a difference of you know yeah a 20 buck note but yeah i don't know it's just one of those things i guess mm. nathan you, you, got, you got any thoughts on collector's editions it's not uh, look no and the simple fact of that is I'm a person that's traditionally had to move between a lot of rentals. And if there's one thing that's a real pain in the oh, ass, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> not just boxing up your collector's edition and, and hoping against all hope that it doesn't get damaged in the move. It's then finding a place to display it. And it's, it's yeah, it's a bit of a catch-22. So I've actually gotten to a point in my life where I just avoid them. Um, and I'm delighted to see other people display them. I kind of enjoy it cathartically like that because it's just not practical for me anymore. I'm like, I'm, I, I used to be like well into the collector's editions and I would be like, oh, it's a game I really love or a game I'm really excited about. I'm going to spend did. the money and, and do the whole thing, like get into all of it. I used to be super, super into that. But these days it's like... I was for a minute. These days it's like, oh, I'm, I'm an adult. If this is the kind of thing that I would place with intent as decor in my house, then yes. But if it's something that I would find space for, then no. Is that why you bought? Amen. Bought, yep. Is that why you bought bought the hammer? Yeah, so I'm gonna get the hammer. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna use it. It's utility. I'm just gonna use it as a hammer. Um, yeah. No, I'm very much with you. Well, in fact, I've always kind of been like that. Unless I really, really, really want it, I won't. I won't get the collector's version. So, yeah, I like people that, you know, I really enjoy that person that has a really cool collection. You can kind of enjoy how they've displayed it. And that, I just can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, good, good on you folks listening that can. I'm, I'm rooting for I you. I also think, like, that they're fucking wildly overpriced. Oh, yeah. Of course they are. Like, I think it was the RE2 one where I was like, man, I'm getting that. I don't care what anybody says, I'm getting it. And then it was like, what, $400 or $420? The RE1 was overpriced statue, and above. statue of Leon. And I was like, nah, that's like a lot of money. I feel like... No, not for, not really a true fan. <laughs> I? <laughs> I feel like collector's editions kind of like rose to popularity when uh, before microtransactions as a way to balance out, you know, obviously the rising mm. cost of games development. They were like, well, you know, if we can sell them enough shit to offset the, the margins of the game that we've produced, then maybe, maybe we'll break even. Mm. Um, I- at the risk of extending this conversation yeah. for another couple of minutes, <laughs> I really want to ask, okay, question for everyone here. What is the one collector's edition that you've seen that has really kind of 
sold you or really encapsulated your uh, imagination, really drawn you in. I'll go first, okay, just to give you a teaser. It was the Modern Warfare 2 Prestige Edition with night vision goggles. At the time when that came out, I was like, what? They're putting night vision goggles in like a $250 collector's edition? That is value. I didn't get it, but I was jealous of the folks that did, and I never heard of anyone that used it. So, yeah, that that I thought that was the real tits. I am um, actually like fairly, I guess it's like fairly like mundane and not overly exciting but uh the collector's edition for no straight roads which i don't know if any of you guys played it or remember like when i reviewed it but i remember um you know it's a a music action game um and the the collector's edition of the game came in the kind of box that you would expect a collector's edition of a vinyl like album to come in and it had the like the record you know with the soundtrack from the game and it had also but it also had like drumsticks in it like it felt like you were buying oh. it, it felt like you were buying music and not a game and i thought that was really really cool it's like it's not like overly exciting stuff but the way they packaged and presented it it was like i'm buying a record you know a really cool version of a record not a really cool version of a game um kind of classy and the it? only the, the there's there's one that i regret not buying uh well it was i don't so much regret it because it was ridiculously expensive but the um the collector's edition of Inside that I'm oh. bit did, where they yep. collaborated with a, a sex doll uh, company to make a, f- a fleshy doll of the, like, <sighs> spoilery Ooh, okay. kind, kind yep, of, but yep, the antagonist yep. of the game. Or the, yeah, you know, you know what I'm the talking huddle? about. I don't, the, thi- the, the, the thing? The huddle. Mm-hmm. The huddle. Um, yeah, they, they wow. made a, a real that's, flesh that's version of, the, of that didn't see yeah, this. Yeah, very cool. But I'm immediately sold. Yeah. That is gross. Yeah. What was the price? It was like 700 bucks. Yeah, right. Because it was it was essentially like a real doll, but like based on the game inside. Hmm. It feels so real. <laughs> um, oddly enough, to answer Nathan's question, and I didn't buy it, I know this is going to surprise you a lot, but it was probably the Homefront Revolution one because it came with that, with that little... Um, remote control car thing i thought i thought that was oh, I thought, did. I that yes was, yeah. i remember well that was kind of cool but um i never bought it yeah i was like no it's too expensive so it was kind of a different era of collector's editions sort of around the call of duty prestiges and the home fronts and that where you had something that was kind of like a toy right well sniper ghost three ghost boy three had the drone came with a drone yeah. Yes, it did. I actually one of got, the Black um, Ops games had a, had one of the little RCXDs that you run into people. Yeah, and it was Black Ops Two, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, I think it was two. Mm. And cool. I feel like Mass Effect Andromeda had an RC that car came with as the well. the Marco. Yeah. yeah, I actually I bought that. Well, I pre-ordered it, and I was super excited about it. And then like the I I started seeing like the early impressions of the game, and I cancelled my pre-order. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, the, I was uh, kind of disappointed, but I was like, it's not worth me shelling out for that RC Marco to own, also yeah. own this piece of shit game. In the in the old EB days, I did plenty of pre-ordering and then you'd see more of the game and be like, ah, oh, fuck, bin that off. Or or it actually comes into store and you go, ooh, that's nowhere near as cool as it should be. Someone yeah. else can have this. Um, to answer your <laughs> question, though, Nathan, uh, Death Stranding, which is one that I actually own. Uh, oh, it, I fucking wish I bought that. Yeah, I got it for $60 and it was the steal of a lifetime. And it comes in like the packaging is very in-universe and it also comes with 
the the BB comes with Lou and I think that a it is cool. It's just incredibly cool. It fucking lights up and it's a great uh I wouldn't say a conversation piece because people look at it when I take them through our new house and you see their eyes dart to it, think about asking you about it and then move on. <laughs> and I think <laughs> I think it's it's worth it's worth it for that alone. It really is. Hmm. I think that, okay, I think we've, we've wow. hit a topic that we might discuss a bit later on in another episode because I think there's some, yeah, there's, there's, a good, there's a good topic in there. But, uh, yeah, to agreed. wrap up God of War very, very quickly, uh, I was actually quite surprised, unless I've completely missed something, that that trailer that came with it was only like 40 seconds long. Yep. Yeah. I was expecting like some sort of two or three minute. Just like a little, I don't want them tease. to show off any more of the game. I think giving nah. us a little, a little snippet. Of just here's Fenrir, the game continues to look dope. That's that's all I need. I don't need to see any more of the game. C- correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't really see any more than what we've seen of, of Ragnarok than we I did was in the say, that was, God of War That was one of my favorite things about the release of 2018. Was it was a big was surprise, went, right? Mm, here's a little bit, and six months later, it's like here's the game. Yep, yep. Like I'm, I'm down. And to that was beautiful, again. brilliant. Yeah. All right. Last question for everyone. Do you think, because there's... No, uh, no, not often. <laughs> so the, the discourse on online, I, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this question. Probably not. I don't like that you said discourse. This is going we gonna, to, we're going to be here for another 40 minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> so just very, very quickly. Do you think that this game, the reception around this game is going to be negative? So I think Joshua Riss might have been talking about it. Not, not, not like, like, not like critically negative, but because it's, uh, what was Adam? What was it that we were talking about? It doesn't innovate; it iterates or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> that that Risky was talking about. Um, probably, and I think it's more to do with the fact that the internet's a fucking dumpster fire than than anything else. Um, similar to how, because the what Risky brought up was uh, Forbidden West that people were like, oh, it doesn't absolutely blow my socks off. It's not like the the jump from PS1 to PS5, so it's 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 not worth it being a sequel. Uh, and the point that he made is that we used to get tri- like a whole trilogy of games that slowly iterated on each other, all within the space of like five to six years, which he has a really, really, really solid point. Um, and I don't think Ragnarok needs to reinvent the wheel. I think if it is more of 2018 with advancements and a continuation of the story and driving the the excellent narrative that they introduced in 2018, that is literally all I want from the game. I don't need it to be another God of War 2018. I want it to be God of War Ragnarok. Mm. What Adam said. Yeah, 100%. Like I, part of me, part of me is a little bit like, oh, I wish I could be surprised again in the same way that I was with God of War 2018 because... Yep you know, they, that obviously was such a departure and there was so much fresh stuff in there, so many fresh ideas in there, but at the same, like, so like, it's kind of like, oh, they're not going to, like, they're not going to capture that again. Like mm. it's, they're just not. And that kind of sucks in one way, but at the same time, like I fucking want more of it. So give yep. it to me. I'm, I'm always caught saying that I don't want sequels to games and I'd prefer new IPs. Cause I like having that sense of discovering things for the first time. Yeah. But there are exceptions to that where I do just want more of an excellent thing. And this is the absolute top of that because twenty God of War 2018 may or may not be my favorite game that I've ever played for 
And probably for that reason as well, because it caught me off guard because God of War wasn't that back in the day. Um, mm. But yeah, I just want more of God of War 2018 with some minor tweaks and improvements. And if that's what we get, fantastic. The other thing, just very quickly, is do you think that PlayStation, like the pressure on PlayStation first party games in the, again, in the past couple of years, well, is, is this, if it feels like it's, it just continues to rise. So with each one that they knock out of the park, the expectations and the pressure gets, you know, higher and, and higher kind of thing. Do you think that's, that's fair? Well, not fair. Like they not, keep raising the not, bar. Not the yeah. Fair, that, that it's fair that, that that's what's happening, but um, a fair thing to say. I yeah. think maybe if Xbox could pick up the fucking bar off the ground, it might help the, <laughs> the industry as a whole to maybe have some competition. But yeah, I see your point. When you when you keep hitting home runs, you have the expectation to hit the ball further. I don't know. I don't do sports. But um, I think particularly for follow-ups, that's the case. Um, I think games like, I know I harp on about it all the time, but Returnal had that unknown facet that mm. 2018 did so it had the it has a leg up there so i hope that if sony is going to try and continue that pedigree maybe they just invest more and more into these newer ips to keep catching people I, off guard I, yeah i think you bring up returnal as a good point because like people do like there, te- there tends to be the, those people online that will be like oh you know they're just there's more sequels they're just doing the same thing they're not like they're not like zach said like like you guys said like raising the bar but they are in other ways like, yeah, you know, Forbidden West is more Horizon and Ragnarok is more God of War, but they're pumping out Returnal, they're pumping out Death Stranding, they're pumping Ghost out shit like Tsushima. Dreams and Ghost of Tsushima yeah. and Concrete John- uh, Concrete Genie and, like, all these other games that people are, just aren't including in the conversation. It's like, mm. you're, just not, you're obviously not seeing it then. Yeah, if they're asking like, for one thing and then and then paying for another, I think, is yeah. the, the pivotal thing there, so... I don't know. It's again, the internet fucking sucks and yeah. they, everyone has an opinion on something. Um, we, um, but no, yeah, I like, think stay the course. We've said it before uh, and yeah, like there's no other console that you, well, no other platform that you get this level of single player yeah. games on. And Agreed. I've, I've said it before and I'm going to fucking say it again, <laughs> but Game Pass is killing fucking Microsoft. They care more about getting people subscribed with value than actual blockbusters. So I think it's, I think it's worth us maybe having that conversation again on the podcast again at a later date, being that there's been more time, more games that have come out on the service. But I agree with you every, every time they announce another block of um, games coming to game pass, I agree with you more and more. All right, let's go. To, <laughs> let's go quickly to off topics and we'll wrap it up. Cause we have spoken a lot about that for a bit, uh, for a bit spoke a lot about that just then uh anybody got anything cool for uh, off topics as i bought another house plan well we've seen stranger things yes <laughs> <laughs> two think... vastly different topics there i love it <laughs> oh dear who had watched it last time when we spoke nathan had you well part two hadn't come out oh, sorry, like part sorry, two's yes, coming yes, out yes, yes, yeah sorry, we haven't yes. had a potty since yes, part correct, two came correct. out um that's going to be very hard. Maybe we should have like a, a separate little um, spoiler. VHS. Yeah, a, a little spoiler talk. <laughs> I think you know that. it must be worth uh, worth it because it would just be... Even just... It's a contentious my, like, topic. My, like my own benefit. Just fucking vent. Um, <laughs> oh, no. no. Like in, in a good vent. way. In a, mo- in a mostly good okay. way. 
um, I did I did really really like it. The only thing that I will say that's not not a spoiler is I thought it was the last episode was way too long. Agreed. Way too long. I'm sure we yeah. can agree yeah. on that. I, I think that's a criticism that it went through most of the season, right? Mm. Um, anything else for off topics? I've started watching Man vs B, which is yeah, uh, Ryan yeah. Atkinson, which is fine. I feel like I want that to be better than it actually will be. Yeah. I saw the yeah. trailer and I was like, and, uh... yeah, yeah. Like you watch the trailer and you go, yeah, this could be cool. You watch the first episode and, and the episodes, some of them are like 10 minutes long. It's in chapters, by the way. Wait, is it? So oh, okay. I was going to say, so I, like, I didn't realize yeah. it was a full series. No, it's not so no, bad. So it's very, it's like a movie cut up into chapters pretty much. Right. Gotcha. Um, the first episode you go, yeah, okay, okay. And then it just kind of goes a bit downhill. I've not finished it, but um it's just too it's, too, it's it's too dumb. Like, the idea is cool, but the execution, it's very like, it's like Mr. Bean. Like, that's what it, it yeah. feels like. It's it's modern Mr. Bean. Right. Yeah. Uh, I also watched, I forgot what it's called. So someone else talk about something that they've watched. Nice. Uh, I've seen uh second season of The Flight Attendant. I quite enjoyed both the first and second season of that. It's on Binge. It's starring uh, Kaylee Kuko from Big Bang Theory, um, Harley Quinn. So it's sort of like a black comedy about this flight attendant who gets embroiled in these sort of like international conspiracies. And she's also an alcoholic with, I think, it's implied borderline personality disorder who gets into all these kind of kerfuffles as a sort of wannabe CIA agent. So it's very pulpy. Or, um, in a kind of like airport novel kind of way. But she's brilliant. You know, she's got great comedic timing, but also really flexes her acting chops. I've very much enjoyed that. And I saw my own 90s movie this week, Ooh. much to the disappointment of Zach, I'm sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll roll out a quick one instead. It's a Scorsese film from the late 90s, starring Nicolas Cage, starring John Goodman and Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames is a bit of a legend. If you've not seen, you'll do a quick Google and you'll immediately go, oh yeah, Ving Rhames. So this is Bringing Out the Dead. This is a film that's kind of in a, in a mood or a theme a bit similar to Requiem of a Dream. So it's a very dark film. It's set in New York. Nick Cage is a EMT. He's basically burnt out because this is like 90s New York. This is It's very much a shithole. So he's basically, you know, reviving drug addicts only to see them, you know, happen to bring them in the following night sort of thing. So it's a very secular kind of like almost existential. What's the point of doing this job? Because the people that want to kill themselves are always just going to try and kill themselves and I'm there to bring them back. Uh, so very dark film, very good film, even for a late 90s. Um, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was one of Nick Cage's better performances. And yeah, it's a solid Scorsese film. If you're interested, it is on Disney+. Plus. Nice. Speaking of Disney+, Plus and Nick Cage... I saw a tweet from Disney or from Disney or whatnot that National Treasure, uh, they're making a new TV series. Yes. I was very, very, they finally very, announced very it. excited only to realize that Nick Cage isn't actually in it. So oh. I was... No, but they do have... Don't they have the, the, the dude underling coming I back? I haven't really read too much about it. Um, mm. just, I think they announced like the title of it. They announced yeah. that they were working on it a few years back, but now it looks like it's actually mm. nearly here, right? Yeah, so, well, um, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. My quick 90s film of the week. So, it's actually, I'm going to give a shout out to James Can because he 
he died this week, I believe. Yeah, that was a real... Man, it's it's been rough, right? Because not only did he go... So, obviously, you know, big sort of name in, like, gangster cinema, right? They also lost uh, Tony Sirico, which was also a big name in gangster cinema. He was in, like, uh, Goodfellas and Sopranos, so... Yeah, them sort of New York mobster types actors, they're all, they're dropping, man. Now, technically, this isn't a 90s film. It's 2000, so you're going to have to just, you know, give me a year here. But it's called... It's Elf. It's, it's called <laughs> The <laughs> the Yards. And it's got Mark Wahlberg, my yeah. man. Marky Mark. Old Charlize Theron. Yes, Queen Phoenix is in there as well. <laughs> Good. And James Can, uh, and there's also there was another person. No, I don't remember any one of these faces. Uh David Zayas, I think that Zayas. Anyway, um, and this film is uh, it's set in like in like in the rail yards of Queen. Uh, contractors, I'm gonna I'm just reading from IMDb here. In the rail yards of Queen, contractors repair and rebuild the city's subway cars. These con- these contracts are lucrative. So graft and corruption are rife when Leo Handler... So basically Mark Wahlberg goes to prison and from my memory, he didn't snitch on his cousin or his who's big old Yas Queen. Um, didn't snitch on him. Uh, so he took the fall and went to, went to prison, got out. Um, so his name, I think, is Leo. Uh, when Leo Handler gets out of prison, he finds his aunt married to Frank, who's old Jimmy Can. Uh, one of the big contractors, he's battling with a minority-owned firm for contracts. Willie, who is Yas Queen, I'm pretty sure, is Frank's bagman and heads a crew of midnight sabotage who ruin the work of... Uh, this is getting fucking... This is... What, was, what the fuck is this storyline? Um, anyway, so... <laughs> You're killing it. <laughs> Leo, basically, Leo work, goes and works for his uncle, who's corrupt, pretty much. Um, and then, I think... But old Yas Queen's... With Charlize and Leo, uh, Marky Mask got a thing for Charlize, and it's all it's all happening. Bit of a dark but crime drama. It's actually drama, not bad. It, it's good. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's it's a it's a it's a pretty good watch. It's a little bit different. Um, good cast. Yeah. What's it on Rotten? Does it have an actual Rotten Tomatoes? Six point four. That's all right. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, Do you know where we can watch it? No, I didn't look that. I, fuck, I just looked at that and I no. didn't even read it. Hasn't done his due diligence. I know. Well, actually, I forgot about. Well, I'd rem- this was going to be my. Uh, it's on. Yeah. Apple TV. Yeah. You can also get it Bastard. on Prime for four bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, appears to be. So it's not. It's not like streaming. You have to rent it, which is a hard sell. Look, look but if you want the uh, DVD, just hit hit me up and um. You can get on uh, Well Watched, the, the <laughs> DVD rental service. Um, Jesus. Good lad, thank so, you. So, what was that thing I've watched? Anyway, I can't remember. Does anyone have anything else to, to share for off topics? I cut Adam off. Oh, yeah, I um, I got a house plant, but that wasn't really my off topic. Um, I watched, uh, I was going to say God of War, um, Thor Love and Thunder, which was uh, oh, yeah. a fun time. It's like an hour and a half romantic action film that's a lot of fun. And it's directed by Taika Waititi, so there's lots of very solid comedy in it. And 
yeah, there's a lot of discourse back and forth about people saying that it's shit, but it's not. I think you need to stop expecting there to be Avengers Endgame level things happening in every MCU movie. It's a solo adding for Thor, and it's a fun one. So yeah, give it a watch. Loved Ragnarok, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a good laugh here. Yeah, you'll have a good time. Evil. Has anyone watched the new season? Sorry, the new ep- episode of Evil. Yeah, I'm up to date on it. What do you think? It's still like I, <laughs> I, I can't be like, oh yeah, it's good because it never has been. But like, I'm still it's enjoying. I'm still enjoying it. I'm still entertained by it. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know. They're spending a lot less time in this season on the like the cases and yeah, more on these yeah. like concurrent storylines that they have that they've set up. So like I'm kind of I don't know in some ways a little bit more invested but also I'm I'm missing the dynamic of the older seasons. Mm. Um t- that God, Yeah. That shit, the fucking that kids show man. Is dumb. I think <laughs> the kids are actually probably <laughs> my so favorite dumb. bit not like in a sense like I don't enjoy their scenes cuz they're fucking loud and annoying. I just think that the way they do that is actually like really well done. Like that's how you it would be with four kids. They just wouldn't all shut up. Yeah. They are like, no, despite the fact that they're noisy little, they are too well behaved. Like they're not going around, around breaking shit. They're just like, oh, let's go watch some adult shit in, in VR. Let's go watch some oh, VR. Oh, they get up porn, to, you know, to like... some shenanigans in this season. Mm. Do yeah. they? Okay. All right. Um, I just... I grew up around some real shit kicker kids in Northern Texas. Yeah, this is a bit <laughs> These different. kids are like angels compared to... These um, are regular children that aren't like... Related to everyone else in their household. Wait, no, normal kids. I mean, are... <laughs> the fact that they're not chain smoking by the fact by the time they're like twelve. Like... What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I tried that... to. I got that. I got that very wrong. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Was... Fucking classic Tasmanian. You know news. Fucking related related <laughs> to their siblings. <laughs> well, you'd fucking yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, um, I, I was just going to say we, we, we better be coming to the table with some Resident Evil talk next week. Mm, well, James you was going to do the reviews for that, but um, yeah, that uh, that that plan didn't go as well as I thought it would. Unfortunately, there was no early screeners here, apparently. But yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll definitely talk about it. Let's call it there. I think I think we've uh, I think we're treading water. Now, have, have probably have been for the better We've part been of an hour and a half. Treading water for about an hour and a half now, mate. <laughs> Can't mate, I just said that. Oh, okay, all right. Can. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to this, this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. You can check out all the content on www.well-played.com.au. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I don't think there's anything happening this week. No, everything's pretty, pretty good. Trying to avoid the COVID, Try, eh? Yes. It's making yeah, the rounds again. Is, um, wave is coming. Everyone's dropping. Still. Cover still your coughs. Bye. M- mask up. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Bye.